Welcome to EdTech Journeys, the Wayne County Public Schools podcast where we explore the ever-evolving world of educational technology and its impact on teaching and learning. Our mission is to help educators stay up-to-date with the latest EdTech trends and best practices. In each episode, we'll sit down with experts, teachers, and administrators to discuss their experiences and share insights into how blended learning and technology integration are transforming education. Join us as we embark on a new adventure in learning. This is EdTech Journeys with Robert Yancey. In our conversation today, we have the privilege of speaking with Iris Ellington, the Southeast Region Virtual Instruction Consultant for Rethink Education, a program under the umbrella of the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction. Iris has been at the forefront of a transformative educational initiative aimed at empowering educators to become blended learning badge facilitators. This program is not only shaping the landscape of education in North Carolina, but also driving the integration of technology to enhance personalized learning for students. We'll delve into this innovative program, explore the evolution of blended learning, examine improvements it has brought to classrooms, and gain insights into the ongoing quest to make education more personalized and engaging for every student. Be sure to listen to the end to hear the segment 5 and 5, where you'll get to know Iris on a personal level. Now, let the journey begin. I have the pleasure this afternoon of interviewing the incredible Iris Ellington with the North Carolina Rethink Education Program. Before we dive into the interview, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Yes, my background is that of classroom teacher in an elementary and middle school. I've served as a reading specialist, curriculum facilitator, and magnet coordinator. Currently, I am serving as the um, Southeast Regional Virtual Instruction Consultant for North Carolina DPI. Um, I also have, Wayne County has a special place in my heart because I did my student teaching at Meadowlane here in Goldsboro in the early 1980s. Okay. So can you provide us an overview of the North Carolina Rethink Education Program and how it supports blended learning in North Carolina? Yes, the North Carolina um, Rethink Education Program is a statewide program for blended instruction. Um, And the goal of this was to provide a state model for preparing for learning disruptions that would empower both our our educators, our students, and our families so that we could provide a seamless instructional model of remote and in-person learning should there be a learning disruption. We also use the blended model as an opportunity to address the need for personalized learning. Okay. Um, So how does North Carolina Rethink Education support educators in integrating technology effectively in in their instructional practices? I mean, how how is this different than technology integration from the 1990s? Great question. And I think the best uh, way to answer how Rethink supports educators in integrating technology effectively is to begin with our working definition of blended learning, as it is 
uh, defined by the Christian Institute. So blended learning is a formal education program in which students learn at least part through online learning with some element of control over time, pace, path, and or pace. And at least part is uh, in a supervised brick and mortar away from home with the modalities along the way all integrating and connecting for this um, for their learning experience. So the technology used um, used for online learning must shift content and instruction to the control in at least some way to the student to to really engage in mm -hmm. what we would reference as blended learning. So I think again that term blended that we are looking for both online and offline. On, um, experiences to really move the students through the learning experience. Okay. So I, I want to uh, dig into one, one aspect of what you just mentioned. So it, it sounds to me as if blended learning is very much so a student-centered uh, type of approach towards learning in the classroom, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, because what we do hear a lot of in blended learning um, conversations is the, is the idea of student voice and choice, right? So, so could you just elaborate on that for just a second? Uh, what, what do we mean by that? Yes, and that term student choice, student agency, they've become somewhat of a buzzword mm -hmm. or buzzwords, but we really don't know what, you know, how does that happen? So actually, you know, the that's where technology can really assist mm -hmm. because the students can have control over the technology, meaning so let's say that I'm watching a lesson, I'm watching a recorded, a pre-recorded mm -hmm. lesson. As the student, I can go back and I can watch that as many times as I need and I can pause it and I can stop that instruction and work to that point. Mm -hmm. And so again, it's showing me and allowing me as the student to to exercise some control. Right. And so it can happen in that manner. It can also be, and with blended learning, as a student, our goal is that we offer choices. And students learn to, as they're built and taking ownership in their learning, that they take these choices and they make choices based on their interests or their needs. Mm -hmm. What do I need as a student? I may need to do, um, the teacher has offered me an opportunity to, um, to go back and maybe have back up a skill or, or mm -hmm. to dig in that way. And so I have the choice to do that. I may be a student that grasps those skills, so I'm ready to move on. So I have the opportunity to move on. Um, and again, so it may be that if they're using a playlist, that the student does, they can pick and choose which assignments mm -hmm. will move them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what are some key elements of successful implementation of blended learning in schools? And how does your program contribute to that success? Well, I really think when I think about the key elements, I think about blended learning as we, it's known that it's a complex change. Mm -hmm. We're asking educators, we're asking students, we're asking families to learn or to go through the learning journey in a different way. So there are a number of key elements that we know 
for complex change. Mm -hmm. And I refer to this, uh, or we reference the Noster model. Mm -hmm. And that being those key elements would be vision, Mm -hmm. that all the key players, all of our stakeholders know the vision, Mm -hmm. that we build the skills Mm -hmm. and we build the skills for our teachers to teach in a blended learning fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we provide the incentives. And when I and I we talk about this in our coaching sessions, our incentives are not Kona ice trucks or gene pass days. Mm-hmm. But what is the incentive that it will take to make the changes to blended learning being a a routine part of our classroom? Mm-hmm. And often our teachers tell us. It's the student engagement, Mm -hmm. the student piece, Mm -hmm. meeting student needs. And that's what we come back to time and time again. So, but incentives have to be there. And then resources. Prior to the pandemic, we often didn't have enough resources Mm -hmm. to really implement blended learning in a, I won't say in an easy fashion, but it, it was, we now have so many resources that we almost are overwhelmed in choosing. But again, knowing the right resources. And then the action plan. Mm -hmm. What is our plan? And that's what we ask as we are training in with our badge facilitators. What will be our action plan? Because if there's not an action plan, it's going to be a false start. Mm -hmm. So it does really take all of those components um, in place for sustainability. Right, right. So how has the role of technology evolved in the context of blended learning and what impact has it had on personalized learning for students? And I know you've already alluded to some of these facts uh, earlier, but if if you could uh, address that for us, please. Well, when we talk about the how has technology evolved, I have to just stop and say, you know, I've lived the technology Revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, I began my teaching career, like I said, in the early '80s here in um, in Wayne County, and you know, I don't even know that the technology there we can't even find in our buildings mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, what I really see is that technology and our advances in technologies has actually helped us t- to to be able to implement blended learning. In, in a flawless way. Mm-hmm. We now have the resources for teachers to pull. So if I know that I have a student that needs a certain has a certain need, there may be a skill deficit. Mm-hmm. There could be something that the student already has and needs to accelerate. Instead of having to everything to be so teacher created and everything, um, you know, in a paper, pencil type of form, I can rely on technology to provide that those resources for me. So I can find the resources that would help the student to actually, to possibly remediate some skills, mm-hmm. or I could excel. Or again, I could just build student choice because we know that is that piece again, that's really key for um, this the increasing engagement. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that's what technology has done. It's made personalized learning so much easier that we're not having to create it all ourselves. Right, right. So what challenges or obstacles have you encountered in implementing blended learning? 
and how have you worked to overcome them? So one of the biggest challenges that I have faced, and I think this is not just me, but it's many of us that work in a blended learning role, is that oftentimes it is seen as just one more thing. Mm. It's just another initiative. Mm -hmm. And so I've really worked to... um, to build the understanding with educators that blended learning is a framework that really will support all content, mm-hmm. all curriculum, mm-hmm. because we all know that we have the need for explicit instruction. Mm-hmm. We know we have the need for small group instruction. Mm-hmm. We hear often the need for scaffolding instruction so that we can support our core. And so I'm very confident as a, an experienced educator that blended learning allows us to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it may be that I am using a new curriculum in my district mm-hmm. or I am, you know, science of reading, whatever it may be, but I can still take elements of blended learning and it will help me to reach the, my 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 personal vision and goals for my students. It would help me to meet the need, meet my district's mm-hmm. goals. So mm-hmm. I try to really just help to understand it's part of the mix. It's not a not it's not an isolation. Right. It's it's how can we get all that we need to accomplished in our with our students and, and in our day in a in a classroom. Right. Right. I mean, in my experience observing uh, blended learning in practice, um, for me, it's more about, you know, how am I best going to transmit my curriculum in an engaging manner with my students? And, and, and you know, when we talk about new initiatives, uh, because, you know, I've been around the block, I've been here for about 27 years, a lot of it is always focused on curriculum or, or whatnot, um, but, but I have not seen anything up until now that really focus a lot on that engagement piece, mm-hmm. engaging the student and, and allowing the student to have uh, agency in their learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what I like about blended learning, you know, and, and that's how I feel it kind of differentiates, differentiates itself um, from other initiatives over past years. Right. You know, and I think... With blended learning, what we see and and what we're helping teachers to understand is this term agency. It doesn't mean you have to have, you know, a a buffet Mm -hmm. of items, but we can provide students with choice. Mm -hmm. And if we start this young Mm -hmm. and in their learning, it helps children to learn how to take ownership Mm -hmm. of my learning making choices. And also, I think, you know, for blended learning, it's really helped us with to, to develop understanding of how to use technology. Mm-hmm. How can we use it effectively? How does it, as you said, help me transmit mm-hmm. my curriculum? Mm-hmm. And how can I really start to meet such diverse learners right. that are in my classroom? Right. I can give it to them in multiple ways. Right. Right. So in your experience, how has the professional development and training provided by North Carolina Rethink Education helped educators enhance their ability to personalize learning for students? 
I think our cohort um, is a great example of blended learning. Mm-hmm. We have asynchronous, we have synchronous, we give time frames, we have uh, timelines, check-ins, we do face-to-face. And so we build in what student agency looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We give them that choice, but we give them that guidance and we're there as facilitators. So the other piece is I think when our educators are in our pathway, mm-hmm. they dig in and truly get to experience. They get to learn and experience blended learning and the tools and resources. Mm-hmm. So for example, when we are doing and looking at station rotation, even in a virtual setting, we will model and give them the opportunity to um, actually, you know, what would what would stations look like on in a virtual setting? Mm-hmm. We give them that opportunity. We also give them the opportunity to look at their own curriculum and then take um, what we reference as the horizontal agenda. And let's plan out a lesson. Mm-hmm. What would it look like online? What would it look like offline? all focused around a learning target hmm. and then also about those students. So I think we we provide them with the opportunity to learn mm-hmm. in a blended learning manner. We provide them with the opportunity to have resources, see examples, but also create um lessons or resources that they could take right back into their classroom Mm -hmm. and use. Or we often are seeing it also being used in PD Mm -hmm. so that teachers can also experience the learning. So I think we, our, you know, our professional development and training has helped because it has immersed them. They have, they have participated in personalized learning. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what strategies or resources do you recommend to educators who, say, want to maximize the potential of blended learning to personalize learning experience for their students? Start small. <laughs> Start small. And just really look at the needs of the students for personalizing your learning, their learning. You know, I, that's where I start. I, I always say to a teacher, I mean, or am I working with a teacher, it's okay with me if they don't know all the terminology. Mm-hmm. Is this asynchronous? Is this synchronous? Is this uh, the rotation or is this the flip or, you know, or is this um, flex? That's not it. What are, what are the needs? Mm-hmm. What are the needs of my students? Now let's problem solve on what, what we can come up with to, to, that will meet those needs. Mm-hmm. How can we utilize technology to help us meet those needs? How can we build in student engagement? And so really what I find, it becomes blended learning and they didn't know. And a lot of times teachers will say, hey, I was doing blended learning. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I think our one of the things we really focus on is purpose. You know, what is our learning outcome? Our learning outcomes, and then how do we take technology? How do we take you know uh, our offline pieces to actually help us to move the students to where we want them to be? So I think the key is starting small. I think collaboration is key mm-hmm. because it is again a complex change. So we really have to be able to talk about it, 
talk about when it works, what doesn't work, you know, what would be some key factors. We have to be in a risk-free environment Mm -hmm. so that we can, because we're learning just like students are learning. And sometimes it's actually a little harder for us to learn because (laughs) we've been in control and now we're moving to more of a facilitator. Mm -hmm. And so I think that again, starting small, collaborating, because a lot of this work also is front loaded. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm blended learning needs to be planned for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so to be, you know, it's most effective. And if I'm, because I want to know that in my class that I've got time to give real time feedback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got to have planned. So that again can come, come with um, collaborating with my colleagues as a team, as a staff. Mm-hmm. Um, j- just a call back to one of our previous episodes, actually episode one listeners, so feel free to go back and reference mm-hmm. it. Um, we, we actually interviewed uh, Melissa, who, who was a teacher that using blended learning mm-hmm. techniques in Meadowlane. And if I'm not mistaken, she, she did reference one of the biggest hurdles was that time element because you really had to front load those lessons. You had to plan those lessons out in order for them to be effective. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we, we hear you. I mean, it, 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 there is some planning that has to go into it. Um, a, a teacher just can't roll up in the classroom and say, we're going to do blended learning today. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I think one of the most exciting, and this was in a synchronous PD session, and we were looking at in-class flip, mm-hmm. how to, you know, use pre-recorded lessons and, and um, in a station and, you know, the effective way. And a teacher that had taught during the pandemic, I mean, this was in a virtual setting, but her face lit up. Mm. I mean, she literally threw her hands up in the training and said, oh, I just found use for all of my archive lessons ah. that I did during the pandemic. Yeah, She said, that's a great starting place for me. I can go and pull those lessons. And she said, and I could put them over in a station mm-hmm. for whether it be for remediation, you know, um, and she said, that will free me to then be able to sit down with students as well. And and we have shared that every cohort since then mm. because that was a teacher's aha moment mm-hmm. and how she saw that she could do it. I was talking to a high school teacher. Um, this was she was in cohort two and and she said, Yes, that's exactly what I do. And she said, Every year I really do want to like re-record these lessons. Mm-hmm. She said, but I don't I haven't been able to do them all like mm-hmm. I'd want to, she said, but I still have great content that I can draw from. And she said, really what I have found is I've wanted to make some newer ones because I could use those. Mm-hmm. And so again, that time, that front loading, but it's really been helpful for teachers to realize they have some of these resources. Yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, gathering them and right. putting them in the right place. Right, right. So, um, North Carolina's Go Open platform. Mm-hmm. Um, evidently, there's a lot of free resources out there, K-8 resources. Um, can you elaborate on these materials and how educators can implement them? Sure. So, we're extremely proud of the K-8 curriculum. Mm-hmm. We have um, full content in K-8 
reading or ELA, math, science, and social studies. Uh, what was discovered during the pandemic was that there was uh, there was a deficit of material out for in for online instruction mm-hmm. for K eight that was aligned. To North Carolina standard course of study. And so that is why the grant funded the writing of this content. And so it is one of the pieces is there is no copyright issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all totally accessible, um, meaning you can, you know, for all the UDL and the needs, special needs, it's all there for students. So it's, um, it, and It can be utilized. It can be sandboxed and only used in part, Mm -hmm. or it can be used in in whole as a content. Um, And so that is why it was designed. It was designed by educators. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's just a a great way to um, provide, whether it be full instruction or or supplemental instruction Mm -hmm. for our um, our students. Okay. Okay. Um, can you share some specific examples of improvements or positive outcomes you have observed in schools that have adopted blending, blended learning approaches? I think one of the, the most exciting, um, improvements or positive outcomes that I have personally seen is in our secondary classrooms. Mm. Because our Grant is was designed for K eight. Mm-hmm. So when we first started the grant, we were really targeting K eight teachers, mm-hmm. and so we were getting that excitement as well with the middle school um, with this. Um, and but then as really as letters came on, we really had to shift our focus from the K-5, they just, and yet I've had a number of elementary teachers that have been in letters and in in our cohort as well. But we really started reaching out by their request to high school teachers and to high school educators. Mm -hmm. Hey, can I come in? And we had to say, well, sure, you can come in, but most of our resources and things are geared towards elementary. But that was okay with them. Mm-hmm. They could put in their content. And so it's been amazing to watch what high school teachers have done with blended learning. Mm-hmm. And, and then a lot of that is they have said this is providing an opportunity to boost that student engagement. We, mm-hmm. We've really struggled with since we've come back from the pandemic. And so it helped them take their curriculum and move from just a lecture style and and actually put them in the stations or the playlist and be able again to really target some some instruction for students. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely been a place that I have seen that you know has really been an, a positive outcome. Another positive outcome that I've seen is really the way we districts have customized mm-hmm. our resources and really taken it back to their district and utilized it to implement to get to further into their and support their vision mm-hmm. um, and that's what's the beauty our goal was to empower 
educators and provide them with the resources that they didn't have to go and dig it all up. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. we wanted our educators, our North Carolina educators, our districts, our charters, to take the information and utilize it to further their district's vision for blended learning. And so, you know, I think there lies... Wayne is a perfect example of mm-hmm. that. Um, allowing you all to take blended learning, look across your district, you know, nominate, um, you know, you all developed your plan. Right. We just helped you carry it out. You knew who you wanted to nominate and how you were building it, capacity mm-hmm. at each school. And then we provided the, the resources and the training. We, you all knew that you wanted to do the blended instructor pathway mm-hmm. and wanted to utilize our course, our statewide course. And so you all could do that. Mm-hmm. We've had other districts that have taken our Canvas course Canvas uh, instance Mm -hmm. and created it. They already had a different plan, so they just took our work Mm -hmm. and used it to, to, you know, feed into their district's um, courses they already had if they did micro-badging or whatever. So I think that's another place where we've had positive outcomes. We didn't say, it has to be just like this. We said, look at your district vision, Mm -hmm. your, your strategic plan, and then take our resources and our materials and your badge facilitators and carry it out in your district. Our goal is sustainability. And we knew you all planning this to support your strategic plan would allow for, would build a much more opportunity for sustainability. Right, right. So you, you've referred to the blended learning badge facilitators. Mm-hmm. Um, so have they been effective in, in getting blended learning out into the schools out there? I mean, it, it, has this been, a, a, I guess, for lack of a better term, a worthwhile endeavor? Oh, what a worthwhile endeavor. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, I'll have to say this is, you know, I've been in education. I'm like you. I've been there a, a good while. You know, if I was here in the 80s, mm-hmm. been there. Um but I can't tell you how invigorating it has been to be in this role as a uh, virtual instruction um, consultant and watching our educators mm-hmm. in in the Southeast, that's where I've had the privilege of doing it, but embrace it, recognizing that this was, this was information and even though it was a lot of learning and a lot of work, mm-hmm. they tell us all the time, wow, you're, the, what you're sharing with us is needed and is usable mm-hmm. and can be used. So yes, we are seeing it across the state. Mm-hmm. Again, as I said earlier, because it's so customizable, it looks very different. Mm-hmm. You could go to a neighboring district or to a charter and they may be implementing it, but it may not be that it looks like with um like it does in Wayne. Mm-hmm. I will say that the most of my districts, the Southeast, we have looked, our districts have looked strategically to build capacity in each school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really using that teacher leader as being that model for how to implement blended learning. So that may be that, that 
um, that they are just working with a team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They may never truly lead training at their district Mm -hmm. or at their school. They could, Mm -hmm. but they they are really given the space to implement and then become that teacher leader mm-hmm. in working with colleagues. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of teachers that have also, or even districts, that are utilizing this to support new teachers, beginning teachers coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, we definitely are seeing the impact mm-hmm. um, throughout the state. We currently have um, 1,600 um, badge facilitators mm-hmm. throughout the state in north in the southeast we have over three hundred, mm. wow. and in Wayne County we have over a hundred. All right, that, that's so, good to hear. Yeah, yeah. So you know, yes, we are, but it may look different. Mm-hmm. It may be you walk in a school and you see it going on in a classroom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that impact, that trickle. Mm-hmm. Is that is really that ripple effect right. that will really impact right. or lasting change? All right. So, looking to the future, what are your goals and aspirations for the continued growth and impact of blended learning in North Carolina? And how do you or the DPI uh, plan to achieve them? Well, so our grant is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. So my goals and aspirations are focused around sustainability. Mm -hmm. One of the key factors in the grant, again, as the result of COVID, was that we realized that there was not a plan in place should there be a learning disruption. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's just, we weren't the only one. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're just very grateful that we had leaders that recognized that and write that grant. So our goal for the grant was to create blended learning framework throughout our state and throughout our mo- our um, throughout this, the model um, or our, our grant funds. Should there be a learning disruption, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we are prepared, mm-hmm. that we can go from a face to face to a virtual, in I won't say in a seamless. Right. You know, way, but that we could transition. Mm-hmm. So that's why even within our our and our cohort, you start to hear us talking about the importance of LMS in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that right there is a factor that should we have to go into a um, have a learning disruption mm-hmm. if an LMS LMS is in place, then that's. that's a factor that would lessen that or disruption. Right. So, you know, our goal is to build sustainability. Mm -hmm. We, like I said, we've done on, we are continuing to train. We're on our fourth cohort now and we will have 350 in this cohort. Mm -hmm. And so, but then we're really moving to relying on our districts. Right. Right. We've equipped and we're now asking and hoping and 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 continuing to ask what is your sustainability plan right right will you be ready for a learning disruption mm-hmm. how will you utilize this to personalize learning we need to we have to continue to ask these questions and and so one of the things 
I'm talking to districts in now is, okay, so your teachers have an understanding of blended learning. Now what? Mm -hmm. What is the depth? Mm -hmm. What about those stations? They know how to build a station, but what are they putting in those stations? Mm -hmm. Are they looking at in an ELA or in a math, any class, are they thinking about their multilingual learners? Mm-hmm. Have they built something for vocabulary? Mm-hmm. Have they got the acceleration? So I think the work is just, at the, we're just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hopefully we will be able to continue on. But the grant funding is ending at the end of June. Okay. All right. And and just for our listeners, uh, when um, uh, you refer to LMS, uh, for for our listeners that may not be educators, what are you referring to? To your learning management system. Okay. And that varies. That could be Canvas. We see Seesaw. We see Google Classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, we even have a district that uses Microsoft Teams as their full LMS. Mm-hmm. So, but again, where it is housed there and students being able to access their work, submit work, you know, mm-hmm. communication through that LMS. That's one of the key ways we have found that if that is new, you know, when the pandemic first hit, that's where we were all mm-hmm. scrambling mm-hmm. to get LMSs up and going. Right. So we really try to encourage if you can get those established and utilize them, mm-hmm. then it's also, a, it's very, it makes, edu- it makes that communication very transparent. Right. Right. Parents can access it. Students can access it. Teachers. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our interview. Um, I want to thank you, Iris, for sharing your insight uh, into blended learning and uh, North Carolina Rethink. And, um, and we look forward to hearing more from you in the future. Thank you. Before we say goodbye to our guests, we have a segment called Five and Five. In this segment, we will ask our guests five questions that we hope they will be able to answer in five minutes. Are you ready, Iris? I'm going to try it. All righty. So the first question is, if you could make one rule for everyone in the world to follow, what would it be? Be kind. Ah, be kind. Just be kind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Question two, is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time and if so, why haven't you done it? Hmm. Probably travel a little bit more. Uh-huh. Um, there are places on my bucket list that I really want to go. Why haven't I done it? Mm-hmm. I've had three in college. <laughs> so, so a little occupied there. Yeah. But to, now is maybe my time, right? Yep. Yep. Um, question three. What is your funniest work story to date? To date. Well, and it probably at the moment it wasn't the funniest, but I was chaperoning a group of fourth graders to the Outer Banks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're on those big long buses, and we're going through this little town, and all of a sudden the bus driver slams on brakes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm standing in the aisle because I'm thinking we're going slow, and I was doing things. Well, all of a sudden I go sailing down the aisle. Oh, wow. I mean, literally down the aisle. And a dad catches me, mm-hmm. just like scoops me up mm-hmm. in his arms. Mm-hmm. And I was not expecting that. Of course, for fourth graders, it was hysterical. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They didn't know whether they at first weren't sure if I were hurt 
But when they saw how red my face was, then they just all cracked up. Okay. And that's it. (laughs) So question four, if money were no object, how would you spend your time? Hmm. Well, I would probably, it would definitely be around water, Mm -hmm. which I'm very fortunate. I live around water. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, really and truly, if money were no object, I'd like to continue doing what I do. Oh, okay. I really enjoy working with educators. Sure. um, And being there to just cheer them on. That's what I feel like a lot of times I am, just there to coach and cheer on. So that would I really can't think of anything more mm-hmm. that I would do. Mm-hmm. It maybe would be a little bit easier if I didn't have to worry about if money <laughs> were there or not. But, yeah. Sure, sure. And finally, question five. What is the best vacation you have ever taken? Hmm. Um, actually, I really like a cruise for that mm-hmm. because I'm a person that really has a hard time unwinding. Mm-hmm. I'm a very task-oriented person and to-do list. And so when you get out in the middle of an ocean mm-hmm. and you can't see any land, you can't see anything, you really don't have a choice but just chill. Just relax. Just relax. <laughs> and so that's usually what it takes for me to totally relax. Okay. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you again, Iris, for joining us today. We, we hope to uh, see you very soon. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today. Please subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, enjoy your EdTech journeys.